Welcome to another inspiring message recorded at Rivers Church. Now, do we have any superhero fans in the house tonight? Is anybody a DC Comics fan? Oh, shim. Is anybody a Marvel Comics fan? Can we hear some noise for the Black Panther? For Spider-Man? For Wonder Woman? Captain Marvel, Captain America, Iron Man. There's just something about superheroes, isn't there? What was that? (laughs) There's just something about superheroes. We all have grown up loving the concept of superheroes. At some stage in our lives, all of us have wanted to be a superhero. We've imagined ourselves with superpowers. We've also had people in our world who we've looked up to as if they are superheroes. Maybe an authority figure, a parent, a single parent in your home. They just always seem to come in at the last moment to save us. There's something about superheroes. But I've realized that I've never seen an Indian superhero. I kind of feel like Marvel is misrepresented. See, if I were to create an Indian superhero, his name would be Captain Vindaloo. <laughs> because no enemy can take his heat. His ultimate weakness, his ultimate weakness would be Gavaskon. His arch nemesis would be Captain Calf Muscles. Sorry, Nick, that was a swipe at you. (laughs) We all want to be a superhero. In fact, the whole superhero concept appeals to something inside of us that wants to be a superhero. I think it was worded perfectly by Spider-Man's aunt, Aunt May, in Spider-Man in 2004. She said, everyone loves a hero. People line up for them, cheer for them, scream their names, and then years later, they'll tell how they stood in the rain for hours just to get a glimpse of the one who taught them how to hold on a second longer. I believe there's a hero in all of us that keeps us honest, gives us strength, makes us noble, and finally allows us to die with pride, even though sometimes we have to be steady and give up the thing that we want the most, even our dreams. There's a hero in all of us, and the world around us is waiting for the superheroes to be revealed. God has put a superhero inside of you that your world is desperate to encounter. In fact, Zechariah 10 verse 5 says, They will be mighty warriors for God, grinding their enemies' faces into the dust beneath their feet. The Lord is with them as they fight. Their enemy is doomed. That is spoken of for you and me. God has put a hero inside of us. Wives are looking for a hero in their husbands. Children are looking for heroes in their parents. Companies are looking for heroes in their employees. Friends are looking for heroes who will keep them strong. Everyone is looking for a hero, and we've already got what it takes to be those heroes because the Bible tells me in Romans 8 verse 1 that the Spirit of God who raised Jesus from the dead lives in you. So there's already a superpower inside of us empowering us to live our lives as superheroes. 2 Peter 1 verse 3 says, By His divine power, God has given us everything that we need for living a godly life. You have what it takes. The power is in you. The question is, will you become the hero God put in you? That's the title of the message today. Becoming the hero God puts in you. 
if we have a look at all the superheroes that were ever created, there are a whole bunch of characteristics and personality traits that govern the decisions that these superheroes make. That I believe if we were to employ these characteristics in our own lives, we too would become the superheroes that God has put inside of us. So is that, do you think that's going to help you tonight, church? You ready to receive something this evening? Point number one. The first characteristic of a superhero is that they use their pain as a springboard, not a billboard. They use their pain as a springboard, not as a billboard. Every single superhero faces immense, incredible pain. You and I will face incredible pain. The question is, what are you going to do about it? Maybe you've wrecked your marriage. Okay, there's crazy pain. What are you going to do about it? Maybe you've stolen from work. You got fired. Well, what are you going to do about it? Somebody's stolen something from you. Somebody's attacked you. Somebody's hurt you in some way. What are you going to do about it? Because the reality is that pain is a part of life. In fact, even 1 Peter chapter 4, uh, 4 verse 12 says, Dear friends, don't be surprised at the fiery trials you're going through as if something strange were happening to you. No, it's a part of life. The question is, how are we going to respond? When I was growing up, I was a bit of a, a gymnast. And um, this is a picture it was, take, it was in the style, but it's actually, yes. Can you spot which one is me? I'm, the, I'm that guy in the middle over there. <laughs> Looks like I'm about to try to pick up a woman at a bar. <laughs> my, my brother also features in this photo. <laughs> Simon, Sai, Sai, Sai. Or as I like to call him, Frank and Sai. <laughs> when we did gymnastics, there was something called a springboard. And a springboard, if you jump on the springboard, it helps you to leap higher than you would be able to on your own. Now, a springboard could work one of two ways, depending on what you focus on. Because if you run towards the springboard, you jump in it, but your focus is on the thing you're trying to get over, well, you're going to jump straight into that thing, and you're going to experience a lot of pain, and you'll sit there crying about it. However, if you focus beyond it, when you hit that springboard, you will jump higher, you'll go further, and you'll overcome the obstacle that you're trying to defeat in gymnastics. And the same is true for pain. The harder you hit pain, no matter what it is you're focusing on, that is where you're going to end up. If you focus on me and myself, and this is how terrible things are, and life is awful, well, then you're only ever going to live in that space. Your pain will become a billboard. The problem with a billboard is that the moment you've seen it once, it just becomes dead information to you after that. You see it once, and it stays in your peripheral vision. You don't take notice of it anymore. That's what happens when all we ever do is advertise our pain, and talk about our pain, and tell people about our pain. Well, sure, listen, there'll be people there who want to help you, but if that's all they ever hear from you, it's just going to become white noise in the background. The very thing that you're looking for in people will just become non-existence to you. However, we should use our pain as a springboard. Use it to allow us to go higher and jump further and overcome greater obstacles and greater battles in our lives, because that's what God wants us to do. If you want your pain to be a springboard, ask yourself, how did I get here? Who was involved? What have I done? What were the mistakes that I made? How can I do things differently? Ask some good questions about your pain to make sure it becomes your springboard and not a billboard. Is everyone doing okay? Superheroes don't allow pain to keep them in one place because they know that sitting ducks always get shot first. So allow your pain to get a move on. Point number two, they've settled that their life is not their own. Nick Fury is the one who assembled all the Avengers in the movies, and he said, there was an idea to bring together a group of remarkable people, see if they could become something more, to see if they could work together when we needed them to, to fight the battles that we never could. 
Not when they felt like it, not when it was convenient, not when it was a gap in their, in their schedule and they could try and make themselves. No, whenever there was a need, the Avengers would show up and meet that need. And together they were stronger than if they were on their own. And together they could fight the battles that no individual could. Superheroes know that their life is not their own. They're not trying to meet their agenda or pursue their avenues and try to do things their way. No, they realize that there's a far greater purpose that they are called to and something greater that they are serving. The most arrogant superheroes that we watch in the movies all needed that one moment where they were so defeated and they realized, man, this is actually not about me. There's something far greater that I need to work towards. The truth is, it is not about us. In fact, even the ancient one in Doctor Strange said, arrogance and fear keep you from learning the greatest lesson of all. It's not about you. So if it's not about us, who is it about? It's about the people that we're serving. And it's about the person who saved us. It's about serving his needs and his desires and his will and his plan for our lives. Not only trying to do things for ourselves, not only trying to pursue what we think is a good idea, but trying to align ourselves with his purpose and his plan for the sake of his people so that we can become the superheroes that he wants us to become. If it's him that we're living for, it means our bodies are not our own. In fact, 1 Corinthians chapter 6 says, Don't you know that your bodies are a temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you've received from God? You are not your own. You were bought at a price. Therefore, honor God with your bodies. But not just our bodies, with our attitudes, with our relationships, with our approach to people, with our purity, with our sexuality, with our thinking in our minds. Every part of us should be used to honor Him because we were bought with a price. It's not about us. We are not our own. Our lives are not our own. There's something greater for us to live for, even if it isn't popular. Even if we need to resist the world around us to get there, it's not about us. It's for God's glory alone. Point number three. For superheroes, their identity is rooted, not polluted. Their identity is rooted, not polluted. Something that goes hand in hand with superheroes is the concept of a hidden identity. So we all know that Superman is actually Clark Kent. Uh, Spider-Man is Peter Parker. The Green Lantern is clever person over there, Hal Jordan. Captain Marvel is... Carol Danvers, people, are you actually even fans or what? <laughs> you see, every superhero seems to have this secret persona that seems very convenient because when they want to, they can be the superhero, but when they want to, they can just be normal. They seem to have the capacity or feel the need to, to keep something hidden away. And so often we can do the same when it comes to our faith. When we've experienced this whole new world, this wonderful new life, sometimes we feel the need to shy away because we're afraid of what our family will say about the fact that I'm now a Christian. And I'm scared of being persecuted at school because I'm now a Christian. And I'm just scared of what my colleagues are going to think now that I'm a Christian. And so we, we have a secret identity and we, live this, we seem to live this double life. Problem is, as long as you're living a double life, you're only actually living half a life. If you're juggling double standards, you're not actually living as the superhero that God called you to be. You're not being a superhero, you're being a super zero. Because you're going to get zero done, you're going to have zero influence, you're going to go zero places. If we want to truly become what God wants us to become, we need to stand strong and say, this is who I am and who God has created me to be. Luke chapter 8 verse 16 says, no one lights a lamp and hides it in a clay jar or puts it under a bed. Instead, they put it on a stand so that those who come in can see the light. Are you hiding your light? Do you have a secret identity that allows you to dabble in one area and then go to another? 
you know, look at porn over the weekend, but then come to church on a Sunday and go gambling and get drunk, but then still have, you know, try to be there for your family. No, we, we can't seem to live this double life. It's not going to get us absolutely anywhere. If we live that double life, we're living a polluted identity, but we need our identity rooted in the conviction of who God is and who he says we are. We, we never see the superheroes trying to become like the other ones. You never see the Hulk trying to slip into Captain Marvel's costume because he thinks it's just going to look so good on him. You, you know, we, 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 never see, we never see Black Widow shaving her hair so that she can look as, as mean as General Okoye. You know, they, they know exactly who they are. They know their strengths. They know their weaknesses. And because they know them so well, their identity is clear. Because their identity is clear, they can function in their purpose. You never see Thor trying to identify as Spider-Man. He'll sit there in the battle trying to squirt something out of his arm, but nothing is happening. Well, it's because that's not the way you were designed. It's not who you are. So stop trying to be what you're not. Let your identity be rooted in who God says you are. I wonder how many more people could have been saved if Superman didn't have to rush into a phone booth to change his costume every time somebody called for help. But because he lived this double life, he was never as effective as he could have been you know, if we can't constantly try to keep up with the Joneses, try to be as good as them and preach as well as them and be as influential as them and, you know, try to be as rich as them, well, again, we're missing the point. And the truth is we should always be aspirational. See the value in other people. See the, the virtues that they carry and try to emulate that for yourself. But don't ever become a cheap knockoff of someone else. Have you ever heard of, have you ever heard of Special Man? Bit of a knockoff of Superman, isn't he? What about Superbat? Or perhaps the Sense of Right Alliance? What is Shrek doing in there? If you try to be something you're not, you'll only ever be a cheap knockoff. You'll never be effective, you'll never be strong, don't allow your identity to be polluted by your past, by people's opinions of what you should be, of what you shouldn't be. Don't allow yourself to be polluted by things that aren't actually who you are. Let your identity be rooted in what God says about you so that you can become the superhero God has in you. Point number four, superheroes know their weaknesses. We all know Superman's greatest weakness is kryptonite. And we know that whenever he encounters kryptonite, what does he do? He tries to get away from there as quickly as he can. Because he knows that if kryptonite is present, he is in danger. Now what we never see happening, you never see Superman walking down the road with a wonderful kryptonite necklace around his neck. Or a kryptonite bracelet or, or a kryptonite ring. You'd, you'd say to him, Spider-Man, I mean, Superman, what, what, what are you doing? This, I mean, th th this is crazy. He's like, no, no, it's going to be fine. It's going it's, it's to be absolutely fine. But Superman, it's making you weak. I know, but the color just compliments my eyes, and it's just so wonderful. No, but, but Superman, this, this is a threat to you. But the color, just the color is so good. Don't you think? It's just, it's just so pretty with my outfit. But, but Superman, you're going to die. Well, I deserve to be happy, don't I? Don't we do the same in our own lives? Dude, this, this drinking problem is killing you. You're losing all your money. Yeah, well, it's the only thing I can do to actually feel anything anymore. No, but bro, why, why, why are you still snorting? Why are you still smoking weed? This is, this is destroying your life. No, I know what I'm doing. It's going to be okay. 
dude, why, why are you still, why are you still working over there? You've just had an affair with that woman. You're still working in the same place. Go find a different job. Well, I deserve to be happy, don't I? So often we wear our weaknesses like jewelry around our arms and around our necks as if it seems to add something to us, but it's actually the very thing that is killing us. Proverbs 3 verse 23 says, a prudent and far-sighted person sees the evil of sin and hides himself from it. But the naive continue on and are punished by suffering the consequences of sin. We need to know our weaknesses and get as far away from them as we possibly can. Deal with those things so that you don't end up in unnecessary pain. Deal with the things that are keeping you weak. Throw them away. They've got no place in your life. If it's a person or a place or a possession, whatever it might be, if it's a weakness of yours, deal with it because you'll never become the superhero that the world around you is looking for if you wear it as a token of appreciation. Point number five. They always show up no matter what's going down. That's the one thing you always know about a superhero is that they will always, always, always be there. No matter how bad the battle is, no matter how crazy the enemy is, they will always show up no matter what is going down. We face and we encounter so many awful and heartbreaking pastoral issues in the church for marriage and personal challenges and depression. The people who all get through it are the people who show up. In the movie Thor Ragnarok, Uh, Thor said, I choose to run towards my problem, not away from them, because that's what heroes do. Granted, he took a massive ball to the face after saying that, but the principle still stands. No matter how tired, no matter how weak or broken or beaten down or exhausted or depressed or lonely or whatever it is that you might feel, superheroes always, always, always show up. You know what happens? You don't know who else is going to show up when you show up. Elisha and Gehazi were surrounded by a crazy, crazy army, and they didn't know how they were going to get there. They were surrounded because they showed up for the battle. They showed up for God. But Elisha needed to show Gehazi exactly who showed up for them when they showed up for the battle. In 2 Kings chapter 6, it says, don't be afraid, the prophet answered. Those who are with us are more than those who are with them. And Elisha prayed, Lord, open his eyes. Um, so that he may see. Then the Lord opened the servant's eyes and he looked and he saw the hills full of horses and chariots of fire all around Elisha. You don't know who else will be there when you show up for the fight. When you show up for your kids, when you show up for your family, when you show up for your spouse, when you show up for your friends, God shows up as well and his presence in the battle changes the tide and the direction of the battle so that we always end up on top. But he needs us to show up first. He's not only gonna fight the battle for us, he needs us to be in the battle as well, playing the part that only we can play so that he can do what only he can do. Is everyone doing okay? Point number six, superheroes unite to fight. The final scene of Avengers Endgame is probably the most powerful cinematic experience that that audiences have ever experienced where suddenly every single superhero pitches up for this massive fight when it seemed like nothing was gonna happen, when it seemed like the battle was absolutely lost, everyone showed up and they united to fight. Different races, different backgrounds, different powers, different people, different failures, different weaknesses, but they all came together to fight the same fight and they won in the end. Sorry if you haven't seen the movie. Ephesians chapter, what did you expect? Ephesians chapter 4, it says, Bearing with one another in love, eager to maintain the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. There's one body and one Spirit, just as you are called to one hope that belongs to your call. One Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is over all and through all and in all. We are all in the same battle. 
this picture of the church is the same picture as the final scene of Endgame, where we as superheroes all come together to fight against the darkness, that we might rise up as the church victorious, because that is who Christ has made us to be. I love what King T'Challa said in the Black Panther. He said, but in times of crisis, the wise build bridges while the foolish build barriers. We must find a way to look after one another as if we were one single tribe, because we unite to fight. My son Emerson loves superheroes, and he loved the Superman costume, and he would wear it all the time, just all the time. But it started getting holes in it and started getting rips and tears, and no matter how much we would plead with him that he doesn't wear it anymore, he would still say, no, I need to be Superman. And the moment he put that costume on, he was flying around, he could lift couches, he could do whatever, he could defeat all the baddies because he was Superman. Didn't matter what his costume looked like, it was what was on the inside that determined who he was. You know, all of us are superheroes in Christ, but all of us have faced pain. All of us have beaten down, been beaten down. All of our costumes may look ripped and torn, but regardless of what's on the outside, it doesn't change what is on the inside. We are children of God. He has made us victorious in Him. And no matter how much you may have failed, no matter how far away from God you may be, He still sees a superhero in you. And the moment you'll be willing to get the kryptonite of sin out of your life that only He can deal with, we can step into the power that He has for every single one of us. We hope you have been blessed and inspired by this message. 